Have you been scrolling through many, many, many film podcasts thinking there's far too many of these? Or have you been thinking there's something missing? There's something we're not quite getting. A waffler from Northern England reviewing films, for example. Welcome to oh, Review It Yourself. No politics, no pandering, no point. Yep, we're up. Okay. All right. Uh, welcome. Live. Well, hey, welcome everybody um, to oh, Review It Yourself. I've got another guest here today. Um, I'm getting lonely. What can I say? Um, there's, uh, we're reviewing Conair. It's the first time I've ever seen this. And I know, I know. Uh, I love Face Off. I love The Rock. And I, I don't know. I just did one of those films. I kept coming in. My dad had it on. My brother had it on and told me I'd have to watch it. And I always seem to catch it 20 minutes in or an hour in and think, oh, well, I'll, I'll come back to this. And finally got the DVD, watched it. I, I loved it. But uh, I'll let my guest introduce herself. Sure. Uh, Leah Simmons. I'm from I Could Get Into This podcast. Uh, my co-host Brett and I do a twice a month podcast where we talk about things we're getting into, hobbies, uh, food, anything and everything, and of course, movies. So that was kind of a natural uh, avenue for me coming on today, which was to talk about one of my favorite movies with my all-time favorite actor. Uh, I love Nicolas Cage. I actually host a annual Nicolas Cage movie party. And so Con Air is one of my favorites. So like revisiting this and getting to talk to you and hear your first time reactions is like super exciting. <laughs> oh, honestly, uh, it was just, it was so good. Like it was, it knows, ex- I mean, these are the kind of films, I think I said the same when I reviewed The Rock and these are, these are the kind of films that I don't think we're getting anymore. Certainly not yeah. at this level of quality. Like it's just so, it knows what it is. It knows how stupid it is. It knows how cheesy it is. It knows how 90s it is. And it just goes for it. And so everybody, 90s. yeah, everybody in it's just like, we know this is ridiculous. You know, this is ridiculous. But come along On with board. us. Yeah. But if you want it's a like, couple of hours, sorry. Yeah. It's like the moviest movie that ever movied. Like there's so many. I, so I kept notes, kind of doing like a, a free uh, yeah, me too. style notes, like as I'm watching it. And there's so many times that I'm just like, oh my God, this is such a movie thing. Like, yeah. And it's like, I don't know if this movie invented it or it's just like everybody else just kind of folds that in now. But oh. if, if it came out now, you would say it was you'd say, oh, no, I don't like it because it's just for the memes. Like obviously it didn't exist back then. I don't think yeah, so many you know, one liners. Oh, God, so many easy slow mo. Um, and, and oh, I knew I, I knew nothing about this film. I knew literally no. I knew it was about convicts on a plane that was that was literally it because i'd avoided any spoilers or anything like that i don't know how in my life <laughs> and so it starts off we meet cameron poe who's played by nicholas cage of course um and he is a u.s ranger um he gets discharged not discharged he leaves no does he i don't know the main I, I, I wasn't sure if he was like doesn't... discharged or if he was home on leave but he goes to go see his girlfriend at the bar she works at this you know shit kicking little bar in like Alabama and we've got to admit like re-watching this I'd forgotten how terrible Nick Cat Nick Cage's accent is. I was going to ask you this yeah I was oh, going to ask you it's so bad and I was looking at the IMDb page apparently he went he, like, he went there up. he went there to study and like it's still so bad like I feel like everyone in Alabama was just lying to like oh yeah no sounds great Mr. Cage <laughs> it's so bad like consistently <laughs> bad throughout the whole thing oh uh, well see that's something I, w- I wouldn't pick up um, I had this conversation uh, with Brett before, um, your co-host, because I asked him to record a little introduction for my Contagion review. Um, oh. 
and the guy was from like Chicago and he was like, that's not really what I sound like, but I'll do it. And I was like, yeah, see, to us, you, to, to like, <laughs> yeah, whereas English people, well, I mean, you only ever see like BBC News. So I think, so outside of that, um, I mean, we have uh, McKelty Williamson, um, but I always, I, I always go to say Bubba because it's Forrest Gump. That's what I always, for, I'll forever associate him with. Um, he plays Odell and there's a, it starts off the kind of in a prison and well, no, sorry, no, she's not. I've missed the entire bit. So they're in the bar. Um, There's and a really this, cringy scene where he like puts his head on his uh, on his wife's stomach. I'm just like, this is so bad. Like, this is such a creepy scene where he's trying to like talk to their unborn child. I'm like, we get it. Yeah, but did you hear we what he said? It. though? You could just throw a line in there. Did you hear what he was saying to to the to the bump? There wasn't much of a bump there. Like, I oh, thought he no. was joking. <laughs> yeah, it was um, super weird. And then he was. No, did you hear what he said? He's like, he's down. And I'm sorry. I, I mean, I can't, I could probably butcher it worse than Nicholas Cage did. So apologies to if anybody from Alabama, although I don't think I've got that state yet, is listening. But he goes down, he's like, oh, I, can't, I can't do it. I can't do it. Um, it's the bit where he goes down and he's like, what's that, honey? You want to be Miss Alabama? And I was like, oh, Mrs. Mississippi or whatever it is. And I'm yeah. like, oh, no, the different states. Sorry, see, screwing it already. Yeah. And it's just like, what, what is it? Because I wasn't sure, honestly, legitimately, when I watched it, I was thinking, is she actually pregnant? Or is this some kind of joke they've got going on? <laughs> Yeah, um, and it's, yeah, it's super weird. And then that guy, I mean, and I, I was, I suspended my disbelief. If you don't suspend your disbelief, this isn't the yep. film for you. But what the guy in the bar, like, I'm not from America. I'm, I've only been there once, and mm -hmm. North Carolina, and it was lovely. Um, and I, but surely, please, answers Leah and answers many Americans listening. Surely, arguments are not that easy to get into in America. Like that guy is clearly out to like why? Like there's, he does nothing. Nicholas Cage does nothing. Absolutely, no. and this guy's just like, yeah, we. I want to be. I want to be with like your wife. And yeah, I'm he's like, like, I'm really horny. I want to raw dog your wife. And a like Nick Cage is in his full like army ranger yeah. uniform. I'm like, ah, uh, really? <laughs> yeah, because like, whenever... I know an army ranger. Those guys are fucking terrifying. Why would you just go up to some guy at the bar and be like, "Hey, is your girlfriend? I want to, I want to bang her." Like, yeah, like, like step away. Like, I mean, that's yeah. another thing. Like, whenever I've ever seen any kind of reality programs, or any, not, not that I watch. I mean, in terms of like undercover bosses. So, like, whenever you see mm -hmm. like real life things on the news or whatever, and Americans, and this seems to be across the board. Um, you meet people in service, and I love it because it's a, it seems to be a real American thing. You all you thank them for their service. If, yeah, if I'm right in thinking, thing. it's a big respect thing. Um, and to, so that that kind of was a bit jarring. Not not to pick knacks out of it, but it was just like, why is this guy so annoyed? Like, I would have rather like Nicholas Cage had accidentally knocked a drink on him or bumped into him or something. Yeah, like had some other reason for the confrontation. Yeah. And then they're going outside, and it's raining of course. <laughs> and the, uh, is it is it New Orleans? Is that? No, I, I think something like that. Yeah. Like I said, it's like, south. Yeah, it's like a waterfront, isn't it? And they're about to get in the car, and she's like, come on, in the car. See, I'm sorry. I, I apologize to Brett for this as well. <laughs> in the car, in the car. And then he's this guy's just like, hey, blah, 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 with these two being dead hard with his two mates. And then they end up in a fight, and the, the guy pulls a knife. Nicholas Cage does that thing where you hit someone's nose the, and kills the guy. And in self-defense, because the guy pulls a knife on him and threatens him verbally as well. And then one of the other guys picks the knife up and runs off. And I was like, surely, oh, let's not get it. It's like such an legend. open and shut case. And they were like, we're throwing the book at you because your 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 hands are registered weapons. I'm like, 
I don't know, maybe this is just me, but I feel like even in the 90s, some white guy who's an army ranger in the South, he's not going to spend 15 years in federal prison. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't think his colour would have been bright anyway, but I, I'm not pro America. So but just in terms of in terms of the bit where he says, uh, it's just like his wife's there. So she's watching it. Yeah, she's a There's witness. Two guys so watching it. I guess she it. ran inside. Yeah. So I think she oh, that yeah. Sorry, she part, did. Which... And the bit where they're like, oh, they've got a knife in this. But but even saying that, like the state of Nicolas Cage's face, like, it's not like someone's come up to him and threatened him or shouted at him and he's just killed them. Like, it's not that kind of situation at all. And the judge is really like, you just throw, like you said, throws the yeah. book at him. You're a dangerous weapon and this would be bad enough if it, was, if it was a normal person, but you've got... And I was thinking, well, no, surely the people, like, if someone attacks a, a serviceman or a servicewoman, they mm-hmm. should know, like, that that person's trained. And those guys, clearly there's, there's like no, like, there's no... um Nothing from Nicolas Cage, no intimidation from him, and it just seemed. Well, you know, the the movie's got to happen, the film's got to happen. Yeah, so, I, uh, and they need the motivate. He needs to be in prison. I get it, but it always kind of feels like part of his story arc should be like getting justice, but like that's never part of it. Like he no. doesn't have an appeals. He doesn't ever have anything where like he wants to right this wrong. He's just like, well, I don't want my daughter to know I'm in prison. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, it just skips forward like eight years because uh, I couldn't. Which I kind of love, like the weird like prison montage scene because it's just. <laughs> I, you're like, oh, well, prison kind of looks fun. Yeah, well, what's with all that? Um, a lot of working out. Yeah. Oh, God, he got himself in shape for this. And then the bit like, where they have that kind of riot. And he's, there's, there's a, to be fair, in terms of how it was filmed, it's lovely. There's a lovely tracking shot, mm-hmm. like through all this fire. And this guy runs, he just chucks this petrol bomb for some reason. And it hits Nicolas Cage's, I was say cage, his jail cell. And yep. um, Odell saves him and ends up all burned on his arm. So that kind of bonds them together. It is very kind of by the book. Yeah. In terms of all oh, that, but it is very stylishly done. And uh, it's a film by Simon West. See, if I had to have guessed, I'd have said John Wu or uh, oh, Michael Bay. Yeah. It's very in that kind of, that Especially essence. With some of the slowed down like action sequences. Oh, absolutely. Like, I mean, definitely some of that influence. You get, uh, we see, so basically, he's getting a flight home on this uh, Conair flight. This um, and the U.S. Marshal, uh, it's their flight. We see, we meet John Cusack. If uh, I think he's larking because they call him Thesaurus Boy straight away uh, because he's quite clever. Um, Colm Meany from Star Trek, and he's been in loads of programs over here. He was in, oh, Alan, yeah. pa- he was in Alan Partridge, the film, and odd. He plays. Um, well, I've written down Doctor. Oh no, no, tell a lie. Is it Malloy? He's like the DEA, which is the the department. Oh, what does mm-hmm. it mean? What's the DEA mean again? Is it federal law? Is it law enforcement or something? District attorney. Oh, Usually yes. like on a state. I think it's on like a yeah. state level. So it's an all this all star flight. The transport. Um, they say there's no weapons, but this guy who's the DEA slips his undercover agent, who's the most obvious undercover agent I've ever oh, seen. Oh, yeah, 100%. You're just like, um, oh, yeah, we can see that coming. Although I will say, like, this whole scene's like one of my favorite where they, they're going through the roster and it's like they're 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 introducing the dream team because every criminal <laughs> mastermind has a nickname. Oh, um, yeah, they absolutely. all got to have their like slow walk toward the plane. And like, it's just <laughs> like, does every criminal that's here have a nickname? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was really, really, really strange in that respect. Um, the guy who plays the undercover cop, this is the only second thing I've ever seen him in. He plays the flight attendant in Alive. Do you know the 1993 really? film? Yeah. <laughs> That's his that, other, like... I don't know what IMDb else he's been credit. in. I don't know. Huh. I, didn't, I didn't check it out, but I recognised his face. He's the... Just have you seen things with planes. 
maybe maybe that's his yeah you find your wheelhouse it works yeah yeah, yeah. um and we meet yeah like i said there's diamond dog by played by ving ving rames there's cyrus the virus played by john markovich oh yeah who's this poster boy for the criminally insane this these are quotes by the way this is not me exaggerating if you're listening and you haven't seen Connor pinball <laughs> parker played by dave Chappelle. i was like oh my god it's dave Chappelle. so yeah. young looking uh, Cameron mm-hmm. Poe, Nicholas Cage is uh, he's hitching a ride home. He's a nobody, and I was thinking, surely they just put him on a bus, but whatever. Well, and that's the only thing they don't really address because I'm like, well, he's technically like a free man, right? There's just like transporting somewhere. Like, yeah, get on a Greyhound. Are you kidding me? <laughs> well, why didn't they just let him? I mean, let him shoot, go. I thought you just opened that out. You go. You finished. See you yeah, later. Like, here's a taxi like said, to here's somewhere. A, here's a ticket to the bus station. Uh, um, you've had... Or your wife could come pick you up. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, guys. you're not desperate to see her. Uh, but John, apparently not because yeah, all the yeah. letters are from his daughter like there's never correspondence with his wife oh. she's chopped liver as soon as she pumps <laughs> that kid out <laughs> um oh and odell gets brought along because he's being transferred yep. so it's lucky they're all getting transferred to the same place yeah it's so know. so convenient <laughs> um johnny 23 who's played by oh, i forgot to write his name down he was in the predators film oh what is his name i haven't written it down he's the um where's he from i can't remember um, anyway, so he, he's this cheating and bringing up the IMDb page. Yeah, he's um he's been kind of uh, he's known for attacking women. That's where the twenty three comes from. Um, uh, Odell's insulin gets smashed in this kind of they take over the plane really easily as well. Like that was kind of it was all a little bit like really yeah. I mean, you're not talking the fugitive uh, bus scene where it actually is kind of plausible. This is yeah. kind of well, imagine what do you, what do you expect from a film like this? Um, there, oh, we get Garland Green as well, played by Steve yep, Buscemi. Yep, Steve Buscemi. Uh, I was disappointed not to get more of him in this, having seen yeah. him in, like Reservoir Dogs and in uh, he steals the film Armageddon. He was mm-hmm. fantastic in Broadwalk Empire, and watching this, I was thinking, oh my god, he's going to be great, and then he kind of was barely in it, so I was a bit yeah. disappointed. I kind of got the feeling, well, because I was reading some of the stuff that said that the script was kind of like changing as the movie was shooting. I kind of wonder if he got more lines as the movie was going, because, yeah, I mean, he's a compelling character. The scenes he have are, are really good. But I'm like, I wonder if they just kind of on the fly made more for him. And that's why it feels like it's just not enough. Yeah, possibly. But, but they build him up, even at the beginning, they build him up to be this. I mean, he comes out looking like Robocop and all <laughs> the guards are using these really long like pole things. And I'm thinking, who is this guy? And yeah. even, the, even the convicts are frightened of him. Like even there, like he's like a B grade Hannibal Lecter, I think. You know. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 A, a pound he's shop like, well, Hannibal I don't know if Steve Buscemi is quite that sophisticated, but I get it. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty. Was pretty creepy. I mean, and some of the lines. I mean, um, when somebody says to Nick, it's, so it turns out Nicholas Cage, one of the guys he's killed, is some kind of. I don't know if he's meant to be some kind of anarchist or something like that, but he's known by the criminals. This guy who he accidentally killed during this fight. And they're like, oh, they say, uh, I think Ving Rames' character says to uh, Nicholas Cage, oh, um, by the way, if I keep mentioning the characters to the audience and to Leah, the, the characters' names aren't really important. They're, like, it's not one of those films, so don't let it worry you too much. They say, oh, no, <laughs> I heard you killed this guy. And Nicholas Cage is like, you heard right. And then they, there's some of the lines, like, why, why did you kill him? He's like, he tried to take my black cherry jello. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, it was just so, so funny. <laughs> Like, yeah, it, some of these lines, I'm just like, I have to expect, I have to respect the chutzpah of, of these actors to deliver these really cheesy lines with all the seriousness of, you know, hardened criminals. It's, some it's, of them are just so cheesy. Oh, they are. But like, in that kind of way that I, I just don't think you can 
you could get away. Uh, no, not that I don't think you could get away with. I think if they brought a film out that was based like this now, I think it would probably get pulled up for being quite flippant towards. I mean, there's some really serious stuff in here. There's like yeah. murders. There's, oh yeah, there's, there's murder. There's, there's a lot of race things that are kind of weird. Oh, there's, uh, there's there's lo- but but from all but from all yeah. sides as well. Like from oh yeah, from all, like the the biggest racist in it is the is Ving Rhames' character. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah, so like there's it's... all that kind of thing, and then mm-hmm. there's the the stuff towards women. And although to be fair to the film, and I don't usually look at things like this, but considering we're talking about it, and I don't get into politics, but in terms of the way the female characters are, they're really strong female characters. I mean, you've got that criminal one. Who's a little bit pushed to the background because there's so many other characters in it. Oh yeah. Um, who get, who starts wearing a dress halfway through, and I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. I thought that was for some reason, but it wasn't. And then there's the. Yeah, it didn't really pay off, but. No. Uh, and yeah, Guard Bishop got, was, you know, she was a badass lady guard on the plane, and played by Rachel. I did think it was kind of weird at the end when she like kissed Nicolas Cage. It was like, thank you. I'm like, ew. <laughs> <laughs> you could have just done um, like a high five. But, mm. <laughs> I suppose she could have done. Um, uh, she's played by Rachel. Uh, Ty Contin, and I was wondering, Guard Bishop, I was wondering where I'd seen her before, but she, she's she been in American TV for years. She was in Law and Order Los Angeles, which I quite like. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, so, the, yeah, the, we, we introduced all these characters. Um, Odell's diabetic as well. Um, and he... They really make sure you know, because it is oh, mentioned, yeah. like, every other scene, and I'm just like, why not just get some freaking M&Ms? Like, <laughs> I get it. We need insulin, but... Uh, it's to from what I understand, it's to bring his blood sugars down. And if he ate sweets, it would push his blood sugars up. So you can, if you're diabetic, you can either become hypoglycemic, mm-hmm. which is hypo-low. Your blood sugars mm-hmm. go down and you eat sweets and it brings your sugar up back up. But if you go hyperglycemic, which is hyper mm-hmm. as in, I always remember like if someone's a bit hyper, you go the other way and your blood sugar goes up. And you need to bring in, uh-huh. you need to bring it down. Otherwise, you'll end up going into a coma. I don't, I don't know. In insofar as the whole, don't move him, he'll, you'll kill him. I was like, mm. that's. I don't know if it works like that because surely, I mean, uh, whatever. Um, it seems so, like some real movie science, but yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the, the plane crashes into a lot of sand, and then they're like, well, just get some shovels and dig it out. I'm like, yeah, that plane ain't going anywhere ever, ever again. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um. So it's yeah. So we meet other people. Well, Sam's. Oh yeah. So. You can see very early on that uh, Nicholas Cage's character is like, I'm going to be the ranger and I'm going to save everybody. And um, they're, they're checking for some reason. I don't know why they've, they've waited till now. They're checking Cyrus, um, Cyrus the virus's kind of, that's a Oh, his prison cell. Yeah, I can't even say which it. I, <laughs> which I died laughing because I'd forgotten. They get to the, like the little hole where all his stuff is and like the wall just crumbles like cake. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, of course he broke out of this prison. What the hell is it made out of? I know, yeah, and of yeah. course, it's all the detailed drawings, everything left behind. Like, oh yeah, absolutely. But he's and then, but there's that little box. He's got his cipher. But because you know. did you notice? Because I thought there was going to be an explosion straight away. But there was. But this is what I mean about about realism. There's a, there's like a propane gas tank, like behind all that stuff. And and Which you could they got where and how they get it in the wall. Yeah, and how, yeah, because <laughs> it's bigger than the hall anyway. And you can, and I'm sure, and I'm like, surely they could smell that because I thought one of the guards screwed up. And then that guy, and it's like, don't open this box. And the guy's like, don't open it. And the prison guard's like, eh. it's like a kid. I'll open it. Is that when you say it to a kid, yeah. don't, don't you, you know, don't take that other kid's sweets. And they think, oh, that must mean going to the sweets. It's a prison full of these like criminal masterminds. Like, why wouldn't you assume everything was booby trapped? I don't know. And what, Come and, on, movie. Exactly. And what the whole thing about, oh, we've put all our rotten eggs in one basket. It's like, that never works. Look at, the Great Escape. Ne- never do that. Never, never put all the bad. <laughs> Haven't ones. we learned anything from movies? Movies. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh yeah, it was, but it, it's just so. 
I mean, it knows exactly what it is. John Malkovich is having mm-hmm. the absolute time of his life. Uh, oh, yeah. He just absolutely... Although, though, he was, apparently, like you were saying earlier, he wasn't happy because the script was kind of... It, it started filming without a finished one or they kept changing it. <laughs> so he didn't know where his character was going, uh, which I think... And apparently, speaking of John Cusack, apparently he he dislikes the film so much he doesn't like being interviewed about it. I mean, considering, yeah. considering this is the guy who made 20, starred in 2012, which although I love it, it's very much in the same vein of just pure yeah. shit. I'm like, really? Like, why? Like, what was it? I'd love to know I the mean, reason, but... It's just a cheesy movie. I know, just embrace the madness. Everybody else did. Um, exactly. There's a great... There's an interesting debate between kind of John Cusack's character and Cole Mooney's character about convicts and are they born, are they made? But the film never really goes into it that much. It just gives you little things to think about. And mm-hmm. they're both very much how to deal with the situation. Cole Mooney is the stereotypical American, yeehaw, let's gun the plane down, whereas yep. or, or deal with the situation with excessive means, whereas uh, John Cusack is very much the kind of much more bookish one, kind of, no, we need to, don't do this, blah, blah, blah. Um, and oh, here's another thing as well, for ridiculousness, how many of those headset phone things does jo- John Cusack's character destroy in this film? I knew at least three. Every time he finished the conversation, he just <laughs> yeah. smashed on the desk. I was like, you wouldn't want this guy in your office, would you? He'd <laughs> be like, boss, we broke another headset. Yeah. He's off on one again. They're just like, we love this so much. We're going to keep using it. It's your character flaw. <laughs> hate technology. <laughs> oh, it was so strange. Um, oh, yeah. Then we get, so they find, uh, one of the convicts finds that Nicolas Cage was actually going to get released uh, because he lies to them to stay on the plane to save his friend Odell to get a syringe. And, I, I don't know. It was all a bit. Um, it's big, a little complicated, but yeah. Yeah. But it, I mean, it, it holds up in a way because you can't take insulin orally, orally yeah, the, because it yes, doesn't work. The stakes are there. Um, I do so, love the little scene later where he, he runs into that old man and asks him for a syringe. <laughs> and since it's the 90s, the old man's like, son, you shouldn't do drugs. It's bad for you. I'm like, all right, there we go. We got uh, it in there. There's our PSA. <laughs> we, interrupt this, we interrupt this film for a public health message. See, we don't That's get those right. over Please here. Don't do drugs. At least yeah. not with ones with needles. <laughs> yeah, see, see, we don't Take get those. Advice. Oh, absolutely. We don't get those over here, those those public service announcements. Um, oh. we, just, we just don't get it. We get adverts and we get... Um, we get like when we're doing uh, elections and things um, we do have kind of, this is a information film from the conservative party or the labor party or whatever, but we don't have those kind of uh, PSAs that you get in America. The only reason I know of them is because I love scrubs and JD does a few of like joking ones in there. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I I remember those and yeah, they're all jokes. (laughs) Yeah. 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 (laughs) They do sound quite, uh, quite funny. Um, So they find pinball. This is um, what's his name? Dave Chappelle's character Dave ends Chappelle's up stuck outside. Yeah. And I thought he'd like fell over on the runway, but he'd ended up inside the undercarriage and froze to death. Mm-hmm. Even though the plane never seems to go that high. But let's Yeah, which it never, I mean, yeah, like I said, they never kind of really explained all that, but... Like, the plane doesn't look like it ever goes above about 5,000 feet, but what do I know? <laughs> um, and there's a brilliant bit where he's arguing with the guy and then this is where I'd heard the only line I knew from it was, put the bunny back in the box and all that kind of... Yep. All that kind of thing. You know, why couldn't you put money back in the box? And uh, it was just so ridiculous. And the whole thing about taking out the transponder, I was like, I, that's not how it works. But if you want to go with it, Phil, yep, yep. Movie, you go movie, with it. Whatever. Um, Uncle Bob's scenic tours gets chased down by, you know, these some kind of attack helicopter. I mean, that's quite funny. All the old, old yeah. women looking out the window, like, oh my, oh pure my 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So did you were saying you were taking notes? Sorry, I'm just. Uh, oh, no, you're good. Going through my... uh, 
I I love when they land in that junk town <laughs> in the desert. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. the plane crashes into the sand, and I'm just like, what's with all this stuff? And then the weird little scene with the girl. They have oh, Steve yeah. Shemi go over and talk to her. That really unsettled me. I was watching it thinking, where where is this film? I know. I was like, uh, yeah. I there was a lot a lot to take in. I I just thought it was like it felt like there were some very specific scenes that like Nick Cage must have re- like expressly requested because there's uh, my favorite moment, which is when. You know, the guys steal the other plane. They're trying to take off. Uh, they, that big thing crashes and breaks the tail. And so they crash into the gas station conveniently. Um, and it has my favorite one-liner, which I know would never work any other time. But the guy who double-crossed Cyrus gets out and he's, you know, there's fuel. Oh, yeah, yeah. Got, like just geysers of fuel coming out of the ground. He's standing there and he's asking Cyrus to help him. <laughs> And he he's saying the word Cyrus, but he stops and uh, Cyrus looks at the yeah. cigarette. So he says, Sayonara. And it's just, like, oh, it's so, it was, it's edited it to work, but it's so cheesy. It was so good. So good. It's so, and I'm just like. <laughs> and then Nicolas Cage manages to outrun. Yes, he outruns hand. the flames because it explodes. Yeah. He jumps through the tiny window. And that's when he ends up underneath the car with the old yes. fella, as he says. To and him just about. having the co- co- casual conversation with the old man. And of course, then you cut to all the other like um, convicts, like slow walking away from the explosion and not, not looking at it because it's an action movie. Yeah, of course. No one ever looks so at So many of these tropes. <laughs> but I think it knows what it's going for. And it just, it oh yeah, the there's madness. so many planes and helicopters and crashes. It's what, it, it's like the, the DNA of this kind of movie. Oh yeah, absolutely. And it's so... Like you watch The Rock, which from the from the year before, I think they got released, mm-hmm. and I you think that's over the top, and you think Face Off is, but oh, this film in terms of explosions, I mean, the thing that makes this stand out though, where above that puts it above in terms of quality, a kind of Michael Bay Transformers, is because a lot of it, the majority of it's practical effects or model effects, like it's really old style Hollywood. Like there's a few bits where the CGI, the plane, and uh, there's a few bits that are a bit ropey. Uh, what uh, I don't know if, they're a little bit dodgy they don't quite work but mm. you forgive it because the majority is that good uh, yeah. I think anyway I mean, you can tell these a large part of this budget was renting actual aircraft and oh, flying around and like there's so many of those scenes that look really fantastic yeah it's uh, oh yeah they, they, and there's just like Nicholas Kate uh, towards the end when it land uh, there's a bit where it says where oh. was it I'm gonna land on the strip the Las Vegas strip and I was like of co- I literally, I've written down, of course they are. Of, co- of course <laughs> they are. What else are they going to do? It's like, what? I mean, but it that's... does, it looks great because it's all practical effects and models and stuff. So when it like clips off the top of that sign and. Well, apparently they used a, a casino that was about to be demolished. They used that in like, yes. footage of it in the film. So there was, but what I loved, I mean, I've never been to Vegas, but I know friends who have. And it's, it's in a desert. Surely if he just turned the plane, he could have just landed. Yep. On, he could land it literally anywhere, anywhere else. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's not like being over New York where there really is nowhere else to land. Right. Um, <laughs> barring the Hudson, if you've got the skill for it. And, you know, it was it was just, oh, some of the lines, like, Cyrus, this is your barbecue and it tastes great. I was like, oh. Oh, I know. <laughs> I loved it. But it was just Again, like, oh, like you have to be a professional if you can deliver these lines with a straight face. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, Nicholas Cage knows exactly what he's doing, but it's just. Oh so- yeah, I think that's that's probably like the charm with his movies is that he he goes all in no matter like how good or bad the material is. 
And like that's that's what an actor should do, right? Yeah, well, one hundred ten percent, no matter what it is in front of. Of course, you should. I mean, I've uh, Willie's Wonderland. I've still got to review. You know, the one with the puppets. Mm -hmm. I've still got to review that one. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, I've got the DVD. I've got the DVD ready, but I've seen like behind the scenes footage of Nicolas Cage just destroying this puppet for like two minutes. He's just battering it with like a real. And I'm like, and he's giving it his all. And I'm like, I've got to see that film. I'll I'll watch that film for that alone. Just because, as you say, you know, when somebody does a film and they kind of phone it in. um, So when you watch, I I mean, it might be harsh to say it, but when I watched Die Hard, uh, the fifth Mm. one, a good day to Die Hard, it wasn't a good day. It was bloody awful. No, no. Such a bad film. It was a lot of phoned in with uh, Bruce Willis just kind of collecting a paycheck. Like, that's the thing. Like, if you're going to go for this, that people would respect you if you're in like the worst fi- or one of the worst films ever made. If you go for it and you actually say, "No, I'm going to believe in this world and I'm going to you know act it well," people will go, "Yeah, all right, it was terrible, but he gave he gave it his best." Whereas if you just phone it in, people are like, "Well, you're not even trying." So yeah, I always and- heard that if uh, Nick Cage is in a movie and it gets one star, it got one star because Nick Cage was in it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like- oh God, what is it? Uh, Jujitsu. Have you seen this one? No. It came out in 2020. It is terrible it is like what happens when you get a bunch of fitness models to pretend to be actors Nicolas Cage is in there for like 15 minutes best 15 minutes of the movie he literally just comes in spews some lines does a little acting and just like out acts everybody in that whole movie yeah this is Nicolas (laughs) Cage oh it just makes everyone else look so much worse (laughs) I mean he just has this I think I mean I I don't think this film is as good I mean it's different but I would still say it was third favorite behind kind of Face Off and The Rock only because I think I the, agree rock, with that. the Rock's glo- uh, the Rock's glorious and yeah. I think the rock, the rock is kind of the peak of this format I think of action movie yeah I think so but I mean, it, just because the acting is solid the story it makes enough sense that you can suspend your disbelief uh, and it, it's got I mean like the pacing is great there's never like a snoozer moment where you're looking to you know take a break and look at your phone you're just you're sucked in for the first minute Oh, absolutely. and you got Sean Connery, so yeah, it's Can't all like around it, fantastic film. So, oh yeah, the, the the whole bit about um because Cyrus seems to kind of quite like Nicolas Cage's character in terms of Nicolas Cage is very uh, oh what's his name whatever the guy's name is um he's very like straight with him and he's just saying we shouldn't be doing this and we shouldn't be doing that like we shouldn't attack the women we shouldn't do this and you can and John Malkovich's character is is like kind of bad enough but has got these little redeeming kind of features. But and at the end of the day, they're all like mass murderers. So you can't think about it too much. Um, yeah. And, and can I just say as well, he has literally, and I can't, one of the best villain deaths I've ever seen in my life. I was going to say, we so have to ridiculous. talk about Cyrus the Virus's death in this <sighs> like strangely convenient crushing machine. <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of hoping to get one more like one-liner though, because it's just kind of like looking up and, Maybe there was one and they cut it. Yeah, I was expecting him to kind of say something as it kind of came towards it. But what, he kind of got a little quip for everything, you know? Oh, it's such a, yeah. Oh, he, all the way through, John Makovic, he's, he's just throwing them like the, the, where, the, where he pulls the gun on the pilot at the beginning. And the pilot's like, if you kill me, who's going to fly the plane? He's like, I don't think that far ahead. It's like, yeah, that's <laughs> fair that enough. Sounds right. <laughs> um, oh, it was the villain death. I mean, he's, he's, he's on top of the, they fight on top of a fire engine for a start. He gets yeah. chained to and the fire. And he's just kind of like, do, 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 do. <laughs> and then he gets smashed through like a, 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 I don't know what you'd call them, like a walkway between two buildings, mm-hmm. like a concourse. And then he flies through that whole thing and then flies through the air, lands 
beneath i don't even know what it is is it meant to be some kind of oil i don't know i, I think so i don't know like is that a, like right off the vegas strip I, if that's I, where like, the mob takes you and you don't pay your debts i mean i don't possibly it seems a very <laughs> it seems very open access as well given that it could yeah no safety where's osha yeah exactly um, no safety bars or anything it's just like i said an open crushing machine all the uh, children in the neighborhood know about it <laughs> um, I, yeah. I i know of osha because i watch blackfish i've been dying oh, to review yeah. that. i'm gonna have to do that at some point um oh it's just like so ridiculous oh yeah his mate gets shot as well the, the guy with insulin so he finally gets him insulin yep. finally gets him his syringe and yes sticks the needle well you don't see him do the needle so because i was no. kind of like yeah no. which uh, I mean, and then he gets shot straight after i'm like all right so he's been dying all the way sorry, through he, he, he steps in front of the gun that's going to shoot cameron poe yes that's saving it. him of course and i'm just again like, ah, again yeah <laughs> <laughs> um and yeah oh yeah and then the only bit that i lost me because i was like i don't understand why you're doing this even in how ridiculous this film is when john malkovich is on the plane and he, put, he grabs the gun and he's like make one move or the bunny gets it and i was like but you don't know what the bunny means to nicholas cage so it's just a teddy bear i don't know like but i did like the line and the fact yeah, how does he know that yeah and then the guy uh, i just the, just the whole sheer ridiculousness of the they're chasing them in this uh, uh, attack helicopter and one detective's trying to get in front of the other to stop him she doesn't agree with it and then they're just firing all these bullets and there is a really cool scene where steve buscemi's character is just sat there looking really bored as these yep. massive rams fly around him and tear bits uh-huh. i mean that plane should have fallen to pieces by any rates but uh, but don't think about it too much um <laughs> it was and then the bit where they hold the takeoff again and the the detective's car is like flying through the air yes it's like yeah it's like chained to the back of the car mm-hmm. um and they must have cgi that because it looked kind of fakey yeah, from the, was, the yeah, scenes yeah, inside yeah, it, it you know my guess is they probably shot it and actually did that because if you watch the footage of the plane taking off like it looks like they're just actually dragging a car yeah that looked pretty i don't cool. know if they weren't able to keep it and maybe it doesn't actually work that way and you drag a car and find a plane probably just rip, probably just rip it looked like it was like keyed in or something with a yeah it did screen. look yeah it did it did look a little Which, bit i suppose roughy. for safety you probably can't have your actors like actually open hanger in an airplane but yeah tom, well before tom cruise you weren't allowed to do things like that that's right you? tom cruise would insist on it uh, oh yeah absolutely he'd be like i want to sit in the car with the yeah, rope. i want to climb up the rope i don't need any help no stunt doubles oh, whatever you want mr cruise <laughs> yes sir you want to go to space you can go uh, oh yeah <laughs> and this film i mean it purely embraces it and it because yeah, nicholas cage's character says when when he sees the car he's like on any other day that might seem strange and it's like yep that's yep. the line that just that's sums the line the yeah it was just oh it was so funny but i will say this but some of the cinematography is absolutely beautiful uh, yeah like the shot of uh, John Malkovich's character walking across the top of, like over the wing of the plane while he's talking to the others and some of the uh, is beautiful with the sky and then some of the humour and the, the the script is really sharp it's cheesy but it's really sharp so there's a scene where yeah. he says to the bunch of criminals look considering my audience I'll keep this brief just to shoot them do this do that and he uses all these cans to mm-hmm. do this explanation scene that reminded me of that scene out of Robin and Prince of Thieves with Kevin Costner and mm. the, one of the convicts is like what's that and he's like that's a rock and he just moves <laughs> out the way i was like this film is fantastic i i love it because I, I had a note in here that it should have been called plan air instead of con air because like 90 percent of the movie are people talking about plans like you have lots of voiceover like in the beginning in the middle and toward the end of people explaining what's happening which it's kind of it feels a little bit like uh, an expo dump but like the way those scenes are shot 
you know, like you have the montage, like the bus is coming down with all the security, loading them onto the plane. Um, all those things work so well. So you've got these really engaging visual elements. And, you know, like I said, it kind of lightens up this, this load of information you're getting on what the characters are doing um, in the next scene. And then it's kind of fun because you learn what their plan is and then it subverts that expectation by having things go sideways. <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely. And it, it, I think there's a skill in that, in, in just having this exposition where you, but you can do it in a stylish way where it mm -hmm. works and it keeps people entertained. Um, the Rock is very similar. I know it's different filmmakers, but The Rock is yeah. very similar uh, in terms of how it does all these. I mean, there's a lot of explanation in that film as well, yes. but it does it in such, I don't know, it seems to be a really 90s thing. And that's yeah. not a bad thing, I don't think. No, I think it really works with this it. genre yeah. of film too. Absolutely. I don't think it would, would be anything wrong in, in in that being brought back into certain action films. So I think films now are too much. Even the ones that are really, really good, like your Takens and your John Wick, at least the first one. Um, the, the films that are good, they, they still have a lot of t stopping and talking and trying to figure out. Mm -hmm. It all seems to be like mist. The action films seem to be mysteries now, or something to oh, solve. Yeah. They used to be just go come along on the ride with us and enjoy yeah. yourself. Yeah, I think, and you know, I think it might just be like a movie trend now, where you you have more of the narrative being visual, purely visual, and like you said, kind of leaving that mystery versus having. A voiceover that's going to kind of spell out you know the situation for you um but i think it's an interesting narrative device and yeah it definitely feels like it's very part of this era with that genre yeah even absolutely. like a, like face off even which is pretty different from this but still has the same thing where you've got lots of bo explaining like the procedures and the the criminal justice system and then doing these really interesting visuals but yeah it still somehow works oh i need to do face off i, tell I you, love I might... face off so much yeah you know what <laughs> it's, it's probably my top like five movies definitely my number one nick cage movie it's just i love how ridiculous it is it's so over the top like you have be, nick yeah, cage and wait. john travolta at the height of their powers just chewing up the scenery and just having a blast like because they act each other fun. you can see them where they're just having so much fun um oh yeah it I lines wait. it's yeah it's i might i it's might have phenomenal I might ask Brett. I might say we need to do me, you, and Brett yes. face off with you. I don't care how long it takes. I don't care how many, how long we have to wait for logistics to get uh, us all at the same I, time. Oh, that is. I, I have just, so much like knowledge on that film too. Oh, so I do. it's going to be oh, just yeah. like, ah! <laughs> you're going to be in jail for the next hundred years. Oh, oh my god. So so many so things. Ridiculous. So much um, to unpack. <laughs> but oh, so much. Um, you've got oh yeah, you've got uh, MC Gainey as the Swamp King. He's like the pilot. Um, because there's some brilliant parts in it where you think they're gonna get this, they're gonna go like down the diehard route of you know the the good guys talking to the bad guys, and they, they don't. So there's a bit where they get he's in the plane, he's 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 uh, he's you know flying the plane, and one of the the detectives comes over the and he's like, excuse me, when he and he's like, do you think anybody on this plane really gives a damn? And just and just stops talking. I was yeah. like, yeah, that is. You're like, oh, that didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I just, uh, but I, that was my, my, my note was just, this film is glorious. It knows oh, exactly what it Another, is. Another like really cheesy moment that I love is so like when Pinball uh, gets thrown out of the plane. So <laughs> uh, Nick Cage pushes them like out of the plane. This is when they find like them frozen and stuff. And they cut to the cityscape and there's this family or these, this couple in their car at the stoplight and a bird poops on the windshield and the husband's all bitching about it. And she's like, oh, it's, not, it's supposed to be good luck. And of course, you know that you know it's coming. You know, the audience knows it. So you're just waiting and waiting and it goes on forever. And then the, the body smashes into the car and in true action sequence, two other cars smash into the car. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, this... <laughs> and it's just, 
the whole time you're just like this is so fucked up i love it <laughs> it's so yeah, cheesy what's even more screwed about it is this this uh it plays like this really kind of really happy music over the top of it yeah it's you know, like, like slapsticky yeah and then you just yeah. think, I, I know what's coming and it's like we all know yeah. what's coming and I'm, I'm sorry right nicholas cage it was a good idea to to maybe it was a homage to die hard to write on his t-shirt um for the detective but if the guy's falling that far i don't think that's going to be readable but and what, no, like, no 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 and how, how is it a guy's body falls onto a car and the car's engine falls out but the guy's oh, body yeah, like it just just it's obliterated like, that car too. It's like, I, like I get it but still i don't think it works like that but okay it should have also exploded like movie rule oh, right oh, anytime yeah. your car crashes it explodes oh yeah absolutely but then that, it probably wouldn't have worked for them oh but that there was a lot of exploding people in this too there is you know there's the prison yeah. scene that, a lot of people exploding into fire and i'm like you know what they actually look pretty good i mean there's definitely some cgi there but i thought it really held up well sometimes yes. you know you watch older films and that cgi just that yeah. uncanny valley really like, oh it doesn't look so good but yeah it, it still really looked good oh it looked fantastic in terms of the, the part where i was watching my old school dvd so if it still looks oh, good yeah, on that yeah yeah I've, I've got i'm the same i've got to i loved it i don't know why people would because oh well you can just stream them yeah but you're paying every month why don't you just oh whatever i don't understand why people wouldn't <laughs> just then they get to own it <laughs> exactly i've got the special edition i've got to, as i and said it had, like and who doesn't love like the cheesy like dvd like blu-ray menus like bonus features <laughs> Well, I've got that. I've got some some DVDs that are that old. The the special features is like interactive menu. It's like that's that was a special feature. That was the special feature. No, and, <laughs> and something else that gets lost as well in terms of when you watch your DVD, the old ones, especially with this one, it's like Touchstone Pictures, which released this film, and then it'll give you like three or four trailers for other yeah, films that trailers. are coming out, and I'm like, oh, I remember that, or I haven't seen that. But the, yeah, there's some there's some great ones, and oh, this yeah, film was just I, oh, but here's I, I I meant to say for trivia. When the body lands on the car, it's a beige Volvo, which is what Nicolas Cage's character drives in The Rock. It says, I drive oh, a Volvo, a beige a one. homage. Yeah, I think so. Nice. I think it crops up in a few Nicolas Cage films. It's kind of a running joke about um, a beige Volvo. I don't, I don't know where it comes from. But um, yeah, so I, I thought that was an interesting fact. It's all a shared universe. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the, the NCU, the Nicolas Cage That's universe. That's right. <laughs> what are you? I like to think that exists. <laughs> I do. I'd, I'd prefer having that over the MCU, but <laughs> oh, <right>. definitely. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but no, I I, I love this film. I, I watched it and just thought, I can't believe, I can't believe how how I have never seen this before. Like it's it's almost like criminal, like no pun intended, that I've never seen this film before. You know, like, I I don't think it gets a lot of love anymore. I mean, and maybe it's just because I don't know. I have no idea how old you are, but. Like, I remember seeing this in the theater. Uh, but like, now I feel like it, it, it maybe just doesn't, you know, maybe it feels out of step with the times. Because, yeah, like you said, this isn't what action films look like anymore. Yeah, well, I'd have been five or six when this came out, I think. So I wouldn't oh, let so you should have definitely seen it in the theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Um, yeah, yeah, no, it, it, it's, I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, it is so... Although I was going to say it's really, really macho. Apparently when they filmed it, it was there was like spitting contests and all sorts. Apparently it was very... And you can tell because the guys on there have clearly kind of gone, well, if you're going to hit the gym, I've got to hit the gym. Oh, um, yeah. Like but, shirtless, most of the movie. I'm like, yeah. you guys are back in the plane. Aren't you cold? No. No, no, I'm not <laughs> Shirts cold. Shirts off, staying off. Um, the, whole, the whole part about uh, uh, 90s films as well, I think they had a really good... Tr um, and late 80s as well so you end up with like alien aliens um you've got terminator 2 terminator you you get these films night of the living dead 1990 remake which i loved 
they start having these really strong female characters that might start off a little bit shaky at first, but then they they very much become their own their own characters and they they lead mm-hmm. end up leading the films and being this really strong character, but in an, in a way that was natural and made sense for the film and the universe. Um, and I think that's something that's kind of that's a strength of these films that they can be so mm-hmm. macho, but that they can also be like, yeah, you've got we've got all this testosterone, but actually we've also got these really strong female characters that that you know that that work and don't have to kind of don't in any way um do like um oh can't think of the way to describe it they don't like insult the men to make themselves look mm. good they yeah. stand on their own two feet i mean i don't know mm-hmm. what you felt about that about that opinion no i mean i think that makes sense i mean i think it's the 90s was a big shift in like um you know how we were looking at building heroes um because in the 80s were very male centric you know you have the rise of like jean-claude van damme um you've got movies there around hyper masculinity lots of karate movies um lots of hand-to-hand combat kind of fighting and i feel like in the 90s you kind of get like a softer version of that and i think it might be some of the influence of having like strong female characters but even like looking at the character of cameron poe you know he's despite being you know this badass guy that you know is an army ranger like the heart of it like he's always this guy who's concerned about his his wife and his daughter like throughout the whole movie that doesn't change um and so like i think that's a kind of interesting choice to have a character that is like those are his values i also appreciate like his wife isn't killed because that always seems to be a big trope in action movies the the wife in the refrigerator yeah, i must I, avenge my wife i'm like we just, have to kill the wife you know what you've just reminded you know what i you've just reminded me i didn't write it down but when i was watching this at the beginning and they had that scene where he talks to the belly and everything. I was like, she's going to die. When they walked out, I thought, yeah, there's going to be a fight. It definitely sets the expectation because yeah. we've seen that, right? Oh, and even, so many times. Even now, I feel like we've kind of swung back because, I mean, you look at like the odds, we had like the Taken movies and it's always like somebody's wife being kidnapped or their daughter being kidnapped or murdered or tortured. And like, yeah. could you just not? Like, maybe you could be somebody who's a hero that just like loves their family and their family's not being tortured or killed. Yeah, but then just when you think it's not going to be the wife or the daughter, they, they do, do a John Wick and kill the dog. And yeah, like, that's, really? that's like... the lowest of the low. I get that. <laughs> you know, so it's like, why, why like, you know, it's, uh, yeah. I, I mean, part of it's just like, you need, you need your character to be relatable and you need to make sure that their, their journey through the story makes sense. So, I mean, I, I get that, but it, sometimes it can feel, yeah, like a, a really big trope that doesn't pay off. Yeah, like really derivative. Some sometimes I think. Yeah. But there's because there's just so many action films that are, that are thrown out there now, and it, I think it takes. I think if I, I was I've had this discussion before with people. I think if a film like this came out now, with the amount of practical effects, I think it and the amount of cheat, I think they would. I think they'd, they'd be really well received. I really do. But who knows? Um, I think. I think. Well, at the minute it's just all shared universes and comic books, and yeah, they're great. I, mean, I, I guess there's I'm too many of them. for more things like this because I I really enjoy action films, but it's been a while since I've really watched one that I've just really enjoyed because you know I mean everyone likes to see things blow up and the the, the good guys win, but yeah, it seems like everything is kind of now either remakes or superheroes, and to me it feels like I've kind of been there and done that. Um, I always joke whenever we watch superhero movies, I'm like this is interesting, but I'm also usually watching. Like two people who have super strength uh, fight each other and like no tear steps. apart buildings. And like, I want to see like real people have like real lives, have real conflict and be real heroes. And 
it doesn't feel like there's a lot of you know original movies that are quite doing that yet got a film for you to watch it's, it's not I mean, not an action film as such did you ever see unhinged no it came out um oh i think it came out did i watch it just before all the world went strange or was it just after i think it was 2019 uh russell crowe and russell crowe is, is he put a lot of weight on to do it and hmm. he plays a guy who is surprisingly unhinged and okay. when you when you read about it you'll be like oh i know what this film's gonna be but it is so much kind of it's simple but effective. It basically oh. a, a woman, um, a woman who's like having she's gone through a divorce. She's raising a single mother. She's having a nightmare with a, a house and everything. She is going to work and everything's going wrong for her. She gets sacked from a job. This that and the other. Um, the dad's been a bit of a nightmare or the husband or whatever. And um, she like flips this guy off. So at the beginning, well, I won't spoil the beginning, but the beginning is quite brutal. And you're like, oh, okay, I know what I'm in for here. And then she flips this guy off. She's like, um, as the Americans say, she just she's like she beeps a horn at him. It's like oh, I get lost because he he doesn't he doesn't go anywhere in front of her. And then he follows her and starts to systematically destroy her life. But it is it's such a good. There's a few bits in it where you think wouldn't you just it's more like to... a like a thriller, I guess, than maybe an yeah, action movie. Okay. But the action's pretty decent. And if nice, I'd, I'd recommend that as a watch. Sweet. So that's I'll that's a pretty cool out. film. Yeah. I, I, I saw that at the cinema and I think and really enjoyed it. It was just very straightforward in terms of what it was doing. Simple yet mm -hmm. effective. I don't think you can beat that sometimes. Well, but, that was uh, like the one thing too. Like I feel like movies like uh, Con Air are really hard to pull off because it's an ensemble movie. You have lots of moving pieces. You have tons of characters. Um, and it really does, you know, the, the rare thing, which is it gets you emotionally invested in all these characters. Uh, and I know even as a writer how hard it is to do that because, you know, especially when you get a lot of characters that look similar or in similar clothes or in situations. So um, that's another thing I don't think you see quite as much. I mean, I'm thinking maybe the Expendables franchise might be the last time that really did it well, where you've got this, you know, like I said, large cast of very unique characters. But uh, I, I agree. I wasn't huge. I, I wasn't a big fan of the Expendables. It was... No, the first it one felt was like right. it was... Uh, like overcooked feels like the word like yeah. it missed the boat for what it was trying to do it just yeah it did yeah. yeah i think i was i was gonna agree but disagree in the only way of i only think it was effective in terms of how many characters was because of how well known the actors and actresses mm. were i think if they'd have been like nobodies and mm. they tried to do the same thing people might have yeah. gotten lost i think people just yeah. went oh it's arnie or oh, it's but i do yeah in terms of the last film that i think of that tried to do an ensemble yeah, I'm yeah, trying to think too. Like ago. you don't see them quite as often. No. Um, but I again, like I said, the like the oceans movies did that pretty well too. Yeah, I like those. Um, but they're not. I wouldn't probably categorize those as an action film. But I'm trying to think. Uh, you know, it, it doesn't seem to be something that's that's done, or even if it is done, it's not done particularly well. So they'll try and have like four or five characters, but then focus on one of them, but mm -hmm. to the detriment of everybody else. So it, yeah, well, I feel like. Four, four or five is probably the max you can really do before it becomes unwieldy, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Try to think. Um, I think like, the, like the Ghostbusters formula. Like, oh, I can definitely keep four Ghostbusters apart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but then, beyond that, you start getting like a, you know, small sports team and yeah, who can keep all those people apart? No, you have no chance. But then but then Ghostbusters, the the characters, the, the original, the characters were so unique. Mm -hmm. And they were right. all built they were all built up. And then they even introduced Ernie. Mm -hmm. Can't remember his last name. Uh, to what uh, uh, surprisingly late into the film as well. 
Yeah, because um, he, he doesn't come in until like halfway through, really. I think so, yeah. I can't remember why. I haven't seen it in a while. Um, and that that was great. And they were all clever. They all had their individual mm-hmm. personalities. And that there's quite a lot of characters in those films. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, you go back yeah, and like I said, it might be just one of those things where it's just not in style right now. So no one's making those movies. I I mean, I know they are challenging to do. Yeah, I mean, they, they are big ensemble films now, but I mean, we just had a massive one in Spider Man well, yeah. No Way Home. But Spider Man, like, we had like Eternals, which was practically a football team of people. Yeah, but then you look at how that's been received. Yeah, um, and I, critically and, I and commercially. Seen it yet, so I can't weigh in, but yeah, it seems like that's kind of the feedback where well, these characters kind of get mixed up. Yeah. It just, I kind of felt that way even watching like the Avengers movies. I'm just like, okay, mostly because I just couldn't keep every storyline intact. I'm just like, uh, what's everyone doing again? Yeah, you've got to have seen an awful lot as well. And I just think it's got to a point where they should have done Avengers' uh, uh, Endgame and then just gone, right, we'll rest it for a little bit. We'll, we'll stop and we'll rest and we'll, we'll come back and think about it because they've just pumped out so many films say i mean it's there's been like six or seven mcu films since i think it came yeah, out that's, i've, I've that's only watched a handful i just i just uh, can't <laughs> i'm not i'm not i'm not particularly interested in it and then yeah. you've got the the tv series on and you just think how how much do you have to watch like you shouldn't have to have seen like a full series or the, to to go and enjoy a film i think that's mm-hmm. maybe where that they've gone away from building ensemble in a film and then they've gone to just well, we'll just rely on, you'll understand this if you've seen that series. Yeah, but what if people haven't? Yeah. Like, so then you rule out kind of the people who would just walk in and want to see, you know, want to see a decent, just want to see a decent film. But, I mean, The Eternals, yeah, it just did, it didn't interest me. When I saw the trailers, I was just, it just looked quite bland and I thought, I don't, I can't. Yeah, I mean, it's more, it's just more like super powerful humanoids doing things. Yeah. I mean, I said, I think in one of my other podcasts, I'm, I'm going to see, um, I, I'll go see Scream because I love those films. Yeah, and I think I'm on board with that. I'll go, although I don't get why they didn't call it Scream using the S as a five, but you do you. Missed I mean, opportunity, it's absolutely. Missed opportunity. Um, maybe they didn't want people to call it Five Cream, I don't know. Um, you've got to, <laughs> yeah, got somebody to, trademarked Five Cream and then they're just done. Probably, you know what, that's probably not too, it's probably not wrong. That's probably uh, not too far from the truth. No, it probably isn't. The makers um, of Five Cream are mad. The, the makers of Five Cream. Because they're tie-in. <laughs> yeah. Whatever five creams for, hello, I don't know, hello, cream yeah. or something. Hello, Sydney. Are you having dry skin? <laughs> yeah, <it might> be. <laughs> um, oh yes. These are free ideas. I'm just putting it out there. <laughs> yeah, con- contact either of us. We'll, we'll take the commission. But uh, yeah, there's there's that, and then uh, I think I'm going to go and see. Um, so in, I don't know if they do it in America or other countries, but in Britain, um, there's certain cinema chains will do flashbacks so they'll show old films on the big screen so i saw saving private ryan the 2009 star trek um i saw the shining oh my god the shining on the big screen is just amazing it was unbelievable um i've I've seen a few films that way um but they also do something called national theater live so national theaters theaters all over the country hence national and um they film some of them and they they showed them on the big screen so i'm going to see a show that i think started just before everything started happening a few years ago and they recorded it and it's called a Leopold stat and it follows a Jewish family mm. in the Leopold stat, um, a, a part of the city of Vienna in Austria. So they look the capital and they follow this Jewish family from, I think 1900 to like 1950. Oh, wow. So it goes through how the family first go there and struggle to integrate. Then they integrate. And some of them pretty much don't uh, like 
don't that they're not like practicing Jews and, uh, and then there's others that that still stay with that and obviously you get into the 20s the you know the uh just the history of everything that was going on the, the first world war uh, when they lo- they lost people and, and then it goes to obviously unfortunately the, the nazi party and, and mm-hmm. the german uh, uh the anschluss and all that kind of thing and the holocaust so it, it co- covers the first 50 years that's a stage show so i'm going to go and see that so i'm really cool. really excited to go and see that just to see what that's like that'll be getting reviewed um, nice. Well, maybe just discussed, but I'm looking forward to go and see that. So it's, I try and go and see these kind of interesting things, and I don't mind. I would much rather. This maybe this is just my opinion. Maybe this is the state of modern cinema in that if a film like Gladiator comes on the big screen, I would much rather go and see that, even though I've got it on DVD twice on oh, the big yeah. screen, than I would to oh, go yeah. and see, you know, there's... all another superhero films come out. I'm, I'm not bothered. I want to see Spider-Man. There, there's because... something about seeing certain movies on the big screen. Like uh, one of my favorite films is uh, Mad Max Fury Road. And like seeing that on the big screen with the surround sound is like, it's an experience. I mean, oh, sure. Yeah. I have it on Blu-ray. I watch every once in a while, but yeah, like there, there's just an amazing experience with certain movies in the theater. We've got a, a restored theater downtown here that does uh, classic films. So we've gone down there to see, you know, yeah, The Shining, uh, they did a bunch of classic Christmas movies, I think they've got a bunch of um, Steve Martin movies coming now, so I want to go see The Jerk, one of my favorites, Um, it's a good one, (laughs) No, there's nothing that's going to replace the theater experience. No, and I know they're trying to kind of kid people that it will, but it's not, and you know, you can say what you want, but some films, um, I remember when I was in uni, and they brought out Titanic in 3D and mm-hmm. they spent years doing it and I remember I went to see that and that film loses something on a smaller screen mm. um, I don't think like Dunkirk I went to see um, Inception those films oh. that really oh, yeah. were built especially when the Christopher Nolan films were the IMAX oh yeah they are they're built for that experience and I think they do lose mm-hmm. something when because you, that's what the that's what they're made for they're not made to be watched mm-hmm. on a mobile or on a, even on a big TV they're, they're not made for that well, and even seeing movies that aren't like grand movies, I think there's something really interesting about seeing like, especially horror and thriller movies in a, in a space with shared, you know, a shared audience. I remember seeing um, American Psycho in the theater and, you know, yeah, again, I wouldn't cold. I did not know what it was about. My friend was just like, I have tickets oh to go see it. And I'm just like, <laughs> but I remember like the, the feeling of looking around at all the faces yeah. in the dark and be like, are you guys seeing this? And like, the terror that you have and like that shared experience is it's just very very odd and it, it enhanced the whole experience yeah. uh of movie going and i like i really bummed they just brought the uh, the new macbeth to our theater too and i just missed it which i really wanted to go see it in the big screen because that's another one everyone told me like you really should see it in the big screen because the visuals are incredible the surround sound just like reverberate rates through your body and i think that would be a really interesting one to see in an audience oh it, it sounds amazing uh, but I'm 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 very much the same. Oh, I had something to say. I'll have to edit this bit out. <laughs> so, what were you talking before? You said Macbeth. What you were talking about going to see old films on the big screen, horror films. Yeah, they bring a lot of classic films, things like Citizen Kane and Casablanca. I think they're going to be doing a film noir session this spring, uh, which I'm excited for. Uh, but yeah, like I didn't, you know, I took one cinema class in college and. Uh, it was like kind of first experience to be how purposeful filmmaking really is. I think even as much as people love films and love to critique films, you know, the thought process and all the work and all the players that go into making movies is an appreciation it's hard to have without really digging into it. 
Yeah, it's 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 funny you mentioned that I remember when I was in college. So um at like 16 to 16, 17, not like you because you guys over there call university college. It was like what you do after school. Um and I remember we had to do kind of an afternoon where you did an enrichment. So it wasn't like a standard subject. You had to be in college but do something else. So I said to my friends, right, we're gonna do a and this is funny thinking about what I do now. Um, but we're gonna do a we're gonna do a film review, we're gonna watch films. Um, and we're going to write a review. We never wrote a review, ever. It was just... Never ex- watch movies? Yeah, because they had the projectors in the, the classrooms. Oh, and nice. You could, you could put it through the laptop, like through a laptop or a computer mm-hmm. and it, on a DVD and it would come through. And as long as we watch films that were under 18s, which you'd be surprised that the decent 15s, the films that are out there, um, until I think somebody... We, we did it for about two months um, until I think one of the... I don't know where it came from, but we were told we weren't allowed to do it anymore because... If you read the warnings at the beginning of films, it says it's not to be for like public viewing, including oh. schools. Blah, blah. So they were like, yeah, we, we don't know if we're allowed to do this. So they were like, you're not allowed to do it anymore. Plug, huh? And All yeah, right. because we managed to kind of, we managed to kind of um, get away with not doing reviews. Like, oh, well, we're going to do one every month. At the end of every month, we're going to review all the <laughs> we're films. We're going to get around to it eventually. We'll get around to it, yeah. Because um, I remember one week it was like, guys, you're going to have to write something down so that I've got something to kind of show. Um, but yeah, it was... It was <laughs> But I did. I really enjoyed doing that. But yeah, and that was one of the first, uh, the first time I showed a lot of my friends the rock. So, um, oh, that was what it was. It's finally come back to me. My brain's like this, and it is lit over here for people listening for me. Um, shared experiences of, of uh, scary films. I went to see the Paranormal Activity one, two, and, oh no, two and three in the cinemas. I saw. Oh yeah. And my friends were terrified when I went to see the second and third ones. I thought they were. I could. I like. I could kind of see some of the scares coming. But just to see how other people reacted, I remember I went to see the the Strangers, which seems to have one of those films mm. that got lost a little bit. Yeah, I remember. That, I know what you're talking about. That was a really good one. I yeah, it's very unsettling. Like yeah, yeah, really. Um, what else did I go and see? I've seen quite a few of those. Few of those, you know, like when there was that massive run of like Insidious and all those kind of films. Yeah, that whole um, franchise had Insidious is pretty pretty good. I enjoyed that one. I was speaking of like funny experiences. So we went to go see the um, Evil Dead remake and my boyfriend is famously squeamish, like can't handle the sight of blood. Movies are usually fine. No um, saw films a, for him then. Huh? No saw films for him then. I uh, know. Uh, <laughs> well, it's the thing like if I cut my finger in the kitchen, he's got to leave because he can't even stand the sight of actual yeah. blood. But we there's a part where the you don't actually even see it, but they have the character that's trying to cut her face off with the glass and just the sounds he had to get up and leave because he was going to throw up and i'm sitting there i'm just like what's wrong like i thought maybe his phone rang and he's like nope i had to go throw up in the garbage can <laughs> but yeah he's just like they never even show it it's just that sound and you know the way it's shot you know what's happening you know yeah the, oh, the uh, fi- i was like that's just that's good filmmaking but also like <laughs> the, the final destination uh, i saw the fourth final destination the final destination the, in, the final in, destination. in yeah because it was meant to be the the last one. That's why they yep. call it the till it did really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember watching that, and there's a scene in that where the woman is in, she doesn't, she's in a, uh, it doesn't happen until she walks outside. But I think that she's in like a hair salon, like a, and she's getting her nails done, and they they have this noise of the of the scraper going under her nails. And I remember looking round, and you're just like, and and I, you, I remember looking round, and you could see people like curling up their toe and like really like, oh, just because of the sound. Like, Oh, yeah. like no and because it's like when you um and i've like, seen the other ones but people were just like no because everyone was, was like it. oh god what's coming what is it's that tension build up it's mm-hmm. like when i saw the shining 
that's still ridiculously frightening. Like one of the oh fight- yeah, it's it really holds up, and I'm like anybody I. Yeah, like I said, the big screen too. It just that sense of dread. We like to have a we have a good tradition whenever we have a, uh, the first blizzard of the year. We get snowed in. We like to watch The Shining. It's a good blizzard movie. Yeah. Oh, didn't you say you had bad weather on the way? That, that yeah, really tomorrow we're supposed to get anywhere between like six inches and half a foot of snow. So. Jeez, we have like we have like a couple of inches over here, and we're like snowed. We're like the country drops to a halt. Like it's ridiculous. Uh, it takes so a we, lot of snow for us yeah, to stop. We wouldn't we wouldn't cope with that. <laughs> But, uh, we had no, two feet of snow once and my boss came and picked me up. <laughs> he was like, we don't close. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, over here, it'd be like, yeah, like we, got, yeah. We, got a bit of snow. we got a bit of snow in December and I remember that, and a lot of ice. And I remember the the managers were like, we're really pleased with how many people have actually made it in. Like, they were pleased people had just <laughs> made the effort. Um, but no, it, uh, yeah, those kind of scarier type films, um, mm-hmm. I think they make for a, for a great um experience indiana jones is whatever you want to say about the fourth one when i went to see that in the cinemas people were absolutely like people people were like cheering and stuff you know with little kids and mm-hmm. um, and what was the other one i saw uh, when i went to see titanic uh, and the ending bit where they go through the ice fields and all the bodies are floating about there was yeah. people like you could hear people like <laughs> oh you can hear them so- yeah you could hear the sniffles yeah. and the sobbing yeah oh and yeah wasn't just women either like oh no <laughs> no I... like there was people just crying left right and center Oh, um, I'm going to tell you, like, the older you get, the worse it is. Maybe it's just kind of my, my mom, but, like, anytime there's a scene like that, <laughs> I mean, I think I cried three times in the Spider-Man movie. Like, come on. <laughs> oh, that was that was a good, it was a good film. Um, yeah, it was. There was it's on the 3D. It was pretty fun. Yeah, but no, not, not that men shouldn't cry. Everybody, everybody's allowed to cry. Uh, it's just Oh, just yeah, that everyone thing. cry. Cry it up. Like, enjoy a film. There's oh, no yeah. shame in that. No, never. Just don't like talk really loud or be rude on your phone or something like that. Yes, exactly. Um, oh god, that happened to me a few times because <laughs> I'm one of those people who can't sit there and I'm like, I've oh. paid, I've paid twelve quid for this ticket, mate. Which I'm not twelve dollars <laughs> or whatever. Phone away. It's like put your phone away, put your phone away now. Stop talking with your mates. Like I'm fed up. And I, I, don't obviously... I don't know if I've ever had any incidents with like people being really rude, but I remember when I went to see uh, Pan's Labyrinth in the theater. Um, went to go see like a it was like opening night like I didn't think we even realized that but it was packed it was all these like college kids and the movie starts and it's in subtitles because yeah that's the movie it's, and like it's the Spanish, audible... pa- Spanish pans labyrinth yep and like the audible groan in the audience and people just got up and left because oh, I remember someone walking by like I'm not fucking reading a movie I'm like what? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's ridiculous. I've got also like, didn't you know what you're getting into? Just yeah. I in, in again, my you paid how much for this? Yeah, in my I'll give D- your money back. Oh, that's stupid. In my DVD watch list at the minute, I've got a Polish film and I've got a, a, a German film, and they're all subtitled. I think I think yeah. I'm so it, used to watching every movie with subtitles because yeah. I have a screaming child. So I'm like, it's just <laughs> natural to me to watch and read. Like sometimes it helps. It's not hard. And, and um, yeah, there's more amazing foreign films. They're so much better with the subtitles versus the dubs. Oh, there's some unbelievable kind of Korean oh. and Asian zombie yeah. films coming out. They're unbelievable. They're absolutely unbelievable. Like Train to Busan. Oh, I need to. Mm-hmm. It's so brilliant films. Um, but but again, just because I I enjoyed the conversation, you don't get to have it much. The uh, the the cinema experience. I went out to see The Dark Knight. We booked really late, and I think it had only been out a couple of days. And we ended up on the front row, and I mean, we were literally like looking up at the screen, like like a kid. Oh no, it was amazing. The bit where the scene where the truck flips, I got goosebumps. I've never felt like 
like, like flinch <laughs> oh i just no it was just a mate it was just like oh my it was just because i wasn't like you know one of those films that people go oh my god it's amazing it's amazing it's amazing and you go yeah all right i'll go give it a go i'll see what it's like and then part of your goes and then you think oh my god that is as good as people said it was uh, you can't like you're so happy oh that was such a good film yeah there's nothing like better than leaving the theater and just having like that buzz you get from like a really good movie yeah that that was what i mean when i listen back to this, this is probably one of the most positive reviews i've ever done like that film's put me, considering how late it is that film's put me in such a good mood it was just so, oh yeah just sheer ridiculousness but what yeah. what a great mood it put me in um it was just, i mean why you own the dvd so when you're having a bum day you can just put it in and you can watch yeah about two hours of mayhem and explosions and nick cage and john malkovich just chewing up the scenery and yeah it's a blast oh, john malkovich i love i love him in his i love john malkovich villainous, too he's villainous role. so you, good in everything yeah in, he's great in this have you seen him in johnny english yes oh i love it i love i'll have to do that film as well i love him in that he's just so he's just so he's great said, he's, in he's that. somebody he's, he's so good and he can be so serious and he just it doesn't matter what the lines are he can just nail it oh, absolutely i mean uh what's that film he's in with clint eastwood um in the line of fire Yes. He's unbelievable in that. Yeah, I, I can't really name a movie he's not good in. Like not I haven't seen Bean John Malkovich though. I haven't oh, seen really? that film. No. Oh I love it. Um oh, give that a go. I love uh Charlie like anything Charlie Kaufman writes, I love. Um uh but yeah, that's a really fun one. It's it's pretty bonkers, but uh I'm sorry, I'm just fun. making a note of Charlie Kaufman because I've probably seen one of his films, but I, um, usually... you know if you're Nick if you're a Nick Cage fan, he wrote Adaptation. Um, which I think is one of Nick Cage's greatest films. He plays his own twin brother. <laughs> that sounds great. Yeah, it, and he he nails it. And it's kind of one of those films where uh, it, it really breaks your heart at the end. Uh, but yeah, I recommend you almost have to watch it twice to really appreciate it, but it's so good. Oh, I remember okay. I saw in the theater and was just scratching my head. It's like, what the hell is that? What the hell did I just watch? Because it's like a movie about a making of a movie and it just goes off the rails in the best kind of way. I, lo- I, I quite enjoy stuff like that. Um, although I, I like those thinkers. Um, like I loved Inception, but the first time I watched mm-hmm. that, I was like, what, what just, I need to watch that again. <laughs> yeah, um, you have to watch it again for sure, right? Whereas, but there's enough in that to enjoy it. Whereas Tenet, yeah. I, I, I've no, I watched it and I've no, I don't want to watch it again. I've no interest. Yeah. In it. I haven't um, watched it yet. Let's say it, either people loved it or they just, one was good so i've mentioned it in i think every other review i've ever done it's just such a disappointment because i love <laughs> i love all his others oh it yeah was, it was like inception if you stripped out all the character strip out yeah. all the character and all the stakes and it, it was just someone needed to say it when like somebody was saying it was too lean it didn't have enough fat and it didn't have enough for you to really chew on and so that's why everyone's just like yeah. it just it didn't feel like it was done and I mean, it was kind of rushed i think in post-production so maybe Maybe well, too much I, on the cutting room floor. I don't know. Well, I don't, I don't, I, from what I've read, I think if anything, it got more time because it got delayed. I know mm. it got delayed release, but it got as much time as everything, as much time as yeah, everything else uh, is other films. But there's also a few things in that that, that were slightly changed. So uh, Hans Zimmer didn't do the, didn't do the music. It was, oh, I can never get his name right. Another guy did the music. Oh, that'll annoy me because I only read it the other day. Um, the, the other guy who does the music, he didn't really bring anything to the table either. It felt like somebody trying to do a Hans, impression, Hans Zimmer impression. Um, I'm trying to figure out who the name is. 
what was the guy's name? That will annoy me. I want to say Magnuson or something like that, but I, I can't remember. Says Ludwig Gorison. Gorison, Magnuson. I was I was getting there. Oh, you're close. Um, so yeah, it wasn't too bad. Um, but it was just, it was, it's it's like when you if you watch Inception and you oh, well actually I'd, I'd wait. Don't watch Inception before. Watch Tenet. Tenet feels then like watch a, Inception. Yeah. So Tenet feels like a film that you'd have to watch about eight times to understand, which is fair enough. But there needs to be enough in it. There needs to be a character. When, when the main character, the protagonist, is called the protagonist, it's like, is, is this the... It's a little two on like, the nose. Yeah. I mean, it's an amazing Bond audition for Robert Pattinson because he steals the film. He's so charming and so eloquent. He's a pretty incredible actor. I have oh, to admit, really I've been is. very impressed with his body of work. He really is. He's one of those actors who's a little bit like... And I know he hasn't done an awful... I mean, he, he started going that way. Like, Zac Efron did a film called Parkland, which was about the JFK, or the aftermath mm. of JFK. And that was mm-hmm. a great film, and all the actors behind the scenes of that said, this kid's going somewhere. Like, well, I know he was about 20-odd, but they said, oh, this lad's going somewhere. Like, you need to keep an eye on him. And he has done some good stuff, but then he comes out with, you know, uh, films with Robert De Niro, where he's like the... What what was that? Terrible granddad or whatever it was called, grandpa or whatever it was. Oh yeah, bad grandpa or something. Uh, yeah, I, like, I mean, yeah. I guess you gotta you gotta make money somehow, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, all I mean, he's trying off. to chase the Nicolas Cage school philosophy, where you just don't turn anything down. Yeah, it reminds me. There's a great video on YouTube where he, it's like Nicolas Cage's agent. It's like a oh yeah, <laughs> like everything. I'm, yeah, he'll yeah. do. He'll take it. He'll take it. <laughs> I like being a movie scary. I just love. I love that. That's. I'm like it. It. It's got to be true though. I mean, I. Yeah, he doesn't turn much down. No, but I can't. Large body works. This is why I wanted to do a movie party because I'm like, we'll never run out of Nick Cage movies. Yeah. See, that's. I mean, I, I did make a joke earlier that I was turning my. I was changing it to where. Uh, review cage yourself but uh, it was uh, such it's like i'd forgotten and this watching that makes me just want to dig out i don't know if i've still got the dvd of it somewhere but it just makes me want to watch face off i'm like i really want to because i love I, I think john travolta is also one of those oh i'll tell you what actually for action talking about modern um action oh i might say modern 2008 nine uh from paris with love it was called and mm. john travolta uh, is in it with um is it john Reese something I can never get the guy's name right he was in Bend It Like Beckham and uh, okay. he's, an, he's an Irish actor and uh, the, he plays a CIA operative or something like that and um, John Travolta basically plays this kind of oh, I can't describe what kind of he just plays this character that's just so ridiculous and, and he's, what's it called? Um, From Paris With Love Oh, I remember seeing the poster. Oh, it's really like it's one of those films that you Pretty think it's going to be really cliched, and it's like, oh, the old uh, Miss 2010. Yep, so I was, well, yeah, right. The year, yep. Um, it was it, oh, that that's worth that's worth having a watch. That's worth a go. Um, oh yeah, I remember I remember hearing about this because he you know like shaved his head and he's this badass oh, guy and he's great. I'll have to check it out. He's great. He, he must have had a conversation with Nicolas Cage before that because he goes very much that route of. Yep, I know what this is. Um, so there's, a, I mean, there's one of the, not the best scene, it doesn't spoil anything for you, but there's a part where, so he plays this guy who's really world wise and will break the rules because even though he's part of the CIA or whatever they're in, whereas the other guy's younger and really um, kind of naive. And there's mm-hmm. a bit where John Travolta's like, and I don't condone doing drugs, but there's a part in it where 
uh, Nick, uh, John Travolta is like, you need to do some of this. They've got this big like vase, a big urn of cork or something like that. And he's like, you need to do this because if we go into this room and these people, these people sniff you out a mile away, they'll know who you are and they'll know exactly what you are. Um, and the, the action scenes, was it, was it a Luke Besson film or something like that? It's very much in that essence, in, mm. that, in that vein of like practical, but really over the top, um, but really entertaining to watch. Uh, so that I really must rewatch that. This is part of the reason why I started doing this. It would give mm-hmm. me a chance to discover new films, yeah. chat, chat about them, and uh, and also revisit some of those films that I, I absolutely loved, um, apart from when it's American Wealth in London because Brett didn't like it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you tried. You know, you didn't get him to watch it. That's not nothing. No, no, he just, there just wasn't enough, there wasn't enough mauling, there wasn't enough blood for him. I know, that surprised me. He was like, oh, I just thought there'd be more guts and stuff. I'm like, really? I guess I never knew that Brett was so big into, like, body horror? Yeah, he, he likes mauling, that's what he wanted. Mauling, he's big into mauling. Yeah, gotcha. not, not enough mauling, I'm like, okay. Yeah, enough, yeah, but... I mean, <laughs> every <laughs> one of his reviews were movies, not enough mauling, sorry. Yeah. Uh-huh. I said to him, I need to, I need to, you need to change your, uh, if you ever do a, if you ever does a spin-off on his own, not enough mauling would be quite not enough maulings with Brett Brett Stalls. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, that that's a great one. But I, I do like those kind of uh the Hitman's Bodyguard was another another decent one with Samuel L. Jackson and mm. uh was it Ryan Reynolds, I think? That that kind yeah, of it sounds that, right. Yeah, I, those I'm kind so of, bad with like names. I'm like, sure. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> I have, to have like IMDB just open on my computer so I can <laughs> get a visual and be like, oh yeah, what's his face? Oh, that's his name. Okay. But I, I do like those. I, there's something to be said for those over the top. Um, maybe kind of like I, the sequels weren't brilliant, but they were watchable. Um, like yeah. Olympus has fallen. I loved uh, White House. Oh, Down, yes. I love that White House. Down. I couldn't get away with. I thought yeah. that, was a bit... that whole that whole like genre is just like yeah, it's so cheesy and ridiculous, but I still love it. Yeah, it's like 2012 and, and all those kind of like Moonfall. Is it Moonfall? It's coming out. Roland Emmerich. Um, yeah, he did Godzilla. I, I like to and... think of those as hangover movies. <laughs> oh yeah, like the day after tomorrow. All those, you know, you don't films. have to really pay attention. There's not a lot of plot. They've got you. You know, you can watch it. You can not watch it. But yeah, <laughs> good hangover movies. <laughs> I think Face Off's my favorite hangover movie for sure. Oh, face Off. We gotta yeah, do Face Off. I think we got. Yeah. I mean, I don't think we have to twist Brett's arm too hard. Oh, it's, it's such a good film. I know. What do you want? Take one goddamn guess. That's just Face. Yeah. <laughs> Such a good film. So many. Oh, oh. And then the whole the whole just the, the, well, we'll be able to talk about it more, but the whole st- Yeah, we'll also st- save that one. Stylized it is. Oh, I just love yeah. I love oh. when films I think that's something that makes these films stand out as well. Not just the 90s and not just the cheese, but the fact that they they are so stylized, but not in a kind of gimmicky way. They're done in mm-hmm. such a, such, such a. They're done so well, like it, they look beautiful to look at. Yes, they're ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yes, that you know there's explosions know everywhere. That. <laughs> but, but you know, you see what happens when you take away that style. You just end up mm-hmm. with, you know, a Transformers or something like that. Whereas it's just yeah. forgettable. Yeah, you know that kind of brings up a point. Something I've noticed, you know, with more modern action films, like I think this is just because there's so much CGI used on it. Like action sequences are so tightly shot, you know. You're never seeing like the full actor. You're never seeing the full airplane. You're always seeing lots of close-ups, and that was something I really appreciated watching, like Con Air. It's like you're really seeing things at all levels because they're practical effects, and it's something that I, I really miss with, you know, action movies. 
Yeah, it, it definitely. I mean, uh, we would've been talking about this with with a few other podcasters in terms of like the fugitive with the bus crash and the train crash. They crashed the train for real because it was cheaper than doing miniatures. Like, wh- why do the, the directors not go for that? I mean, there's only really one or two that Christopher Nolan does it, uh, but he he's done such good films. I mean, I'll, I'll let him have a. I mean, per, if people love Tenet, great. But it was a bit of a misfire. Yeah, just it's okay, me. like a movie. Um, uh, but his others have been absolutely fantastic. He kind of gets a blank check. I think they kind of say, "Look, we know your films are going to be good." Um, go and do do what you will. But I do think films that are made practically will stand up. You know, I think that this this kind of the end of the 1990s um, was kind of the 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 end, the death knell, if you will, of films made practically. They even say it because I love Titanic and I've seen every single mm-hmm. behind the scenes. But that was kind of, yeah, that was sort of the, the tipping point. Yeah, but they make the joke even in 1996 when they were making it, they make the joke from the documentaries back then, uh, the producers and the directors are kind of saying, yeah, back in 1997, we used to do things for real, you know, and that was back then. So they knew, they knew, I don't they know knew if they there's knew no how, stopping yeah, it. They knew what was coming. And I think oh, yeah. that, that's fine, but um, it's so difficult. Like the, hu- the human eye is that attuned to seeing, you know, we've mm-hmm. spotted probably every bit of CGI in the film. Um, well, even thinking about when they were trying to do the, the remake of The Thing, you know, they paid for all these practical effects, then they scrapped it and went with the digital. It looked like garbage. Like, yeah, there's, I think that's even the thing watching movies, you know, when they can incorporate both and use the best of each, it's just, yeah. I'm hoping it's, I mean, you're seeing more practical effects, I think, in, in films now, especially with like creature effects. So yeah. I'm hoping that there's a balance that makes sense. I hope so. I think, I think effects should have been used to always, either cover things up or take things out, you know, city lights that weren't supposed to be there or right. take away safety wires or, you know, yeah, have a shot every now and again where you need to because you can't do it for real because it's too dangerous or whatever, you know, yeah. stunt people jumping off a train or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but it should have been used to support the action, not to replace the action. Like when you look yes. at, I mean, say what you want about the Avengers. If you love them, uh, you love them, fantastic. But, you, you know, you look at things such as, like there's the behind the scenes of like Tony Stark and Spider-Man where they get reunited and it's just like a little rock and then it's just a ton of green and you're like, that can't be conducive to it. I'm not saying the, art, the performances are bad, but that can't be conducive to to a good performance, a good film. Right. You know, I know you can't destroy half of New York City to make Avengers assemble. Um, I understand <laughs> this. You yes, know, um, I get that but, in the practical sense, but... Yeah. But it's just, I don't know, I, I I do think, you know, I think that's the reason why some of the films that I've reviewed before, you know, The Man Who Would Be King and films like that that were, that were done, uh, the original Ben-Hur, which I can't believe the remade, those films where the, 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 they did them that way because there was no other way to do them. So you mm-hmm. did them like that or you didn't. And they also, I think, I'd be interested to see what you think about this as, as a writer, that I think what that forced people to do, and especially in films like your Casablanca's, um, all those old type films it, it, it forced writers because they didn't have anything to hide behind they had no effects they had no mm. oh look at this big explosion there they didn't have any of that so they had to and actors and actresses had they had they were just out there it was like being in a stage show there was nowhere mm-hmm. to hide um I mean, I, want, I mean i don't know if you agree or are you yeah i mean i guess it'd be interesting to hear that from an actor's perspective on it um I think it's interesting just because I think from a writer's perspective, knowing that there's the capability and like really the 
inexpensive capability of CGI, it kind of opens up genres that were traditionally really hard to write for, like sci-fi and horror, where, um, like, especially with sci-fi, like, you know, you could look at really low budget sci-fi movies and, you know, you can see the, you can see the zipper on the costume. Uh, but I think that's also like one of the things that makes like the writing process or even like the set design process more creative is you have to overcome those limitations by, you know, thinking about how, how do I make a space station look futuristic if I have to build everything with practical effects. You know, one of the greatest space movies I feel is the Alien franchise and those are all practical effects that look outstanding. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, it, but but as I said, so this should be there to support rather than replace. You know, yeah. it's, it's like The Martian. I love I love that, and I do think CGI you can get away with it slightly more in space because it's easier to do. Um, it's darker and things like that. Um, <laughs> but even then, you you kind of I think I don't. Maybe it's just me. I'm a certain feeling in terms of if you know it's not real and there's no real stakes. Whereas if you film somebody, you know, like the, the Casino Royale 2006, when you see two guys fighting on top of a crane in the Bahamas or wherever they filmed it, and it's real, and you, and you could see the drop, you think that is, it adds that extra layer of fire as as, mm-hmm. as an audience is watching it, you know, you enjoying the film. So I don't, I'm not that panicky, honest. I can just watch a film and enjoy it. Like Tony. <laughs> I just love films, but. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Which is why this is exciting to come on here. I do yeah. have to probably take off. I have a no, right, yeah. that I do have to feed food to apparently. Um, <laughs> in here, I mean, hopefully it's not coming through. He's stomping around upstairs, but um, no, no I'm so glad that you got to watch Con Air and that it has entered the pantheon of wonderful action films. And yeah, I 100% think we need to get Brett on here and watch Face Off together because I mean, what could be? I mean, we may have to block off like several hours uh, for this love fest. <laughs> that's going to be face off, but I think so. Just for the impression, <laughs> the impressions alone, I'll work on my Oh yeah, we should all make sure we come with our best uh, Nick Cage and John Travolta impersonation uh, <sighs> yeah. to really tickle everyone's fancy. Absolutely, but no, I'll I'll, uh, I'll I'll let you go. But no, thank you, thank you, Leah, for joining me. Um, yeah, thanks for having just, me. No, it's fine. Do you want to give a quick? Where can people find uh, your podcast just before you? Oh, yeah. You can find us. I'm really terrible at promoting our podcast. Uh, we're mostly on Twitter. Or by uh, us, I should probably say Brett, because he, he does all of our digital stuff. But uh, I see get into this uh, on Twitter is our handle. So you can find us there. And there's links to our episodes. And yeah, we talk about everything and anything. Most recently, hot sauce. But <laughs> oh, it's good to have those. Everyone it? loves hot sauce. Oh, absolutely. Or you should. <laughs> Give it a go if you haven't had a go of it. Uh, but no, thank you, Leah, for joining me. I, I've honestly, I've, I've really enjoyed chatting about, uh, about this film, and I absolutely loved it. So uh, thank you very much. <laughs> That's good. You finally I'm, got uh... to talk to somebody who likes a movie. Like. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, yeah, I know, Brett. Uh, but no, but uh, thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it, and thank you for sticking around and listening. If you have the, uh, thank you guys. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>